Hi, I'm Camila Peebles, and this is Real Charlotte Living, a weekly podcast highlighting Charlotte area lifestyle, business, and real estate. On today's episode, we're going to learn about a special room in the Charlotte Mecklenburg Library. My guest today is John O'Connor with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Main Library. John is the Robinson Spangler Carolina Room Manager. He holds an MSIS and MPA from Carolina, that's UNC Chapel Hill, Tar Heels for all of you Charlatans and North Carolinians, you should know that by now. John, welcome to Real Charlotte Living. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you here as I um, discovered so, it was so strange, my um, aunt who lives in Raleigh knows about my podcast yeah, yeah and I guess lives next to your parents right <laughs> yeah and she's like do you know about such and such neighborhood and their son is the blah 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 and I was like he sounds like a great podcast guest yeah <laughs> it's a small world it is <laughs> so um John as we get started tell me how you got into library sciences I always like to kind of find out how people got into where they are sure um, well, so I, I never really planned to be a librarian growing up. Um, and um, during undergrad, um, you know, everybody kind of has a plan. Um, and then sometimes those plans don't work out. And yeah. so I was, I was sort of drifting after undergrad. Um, but I had a mentor, um, John Sanders, who um, actually recently passed away. Uh, but at the time, he introduced me to um, another friend, Kevin Cherry, who was working for the Institute of Museum and Library Services, which mm. is a, a grant funding uh, federal agency. Um, and uh, sort of the two of them together said, well, you're not really doing anything after undergrad, um, so you're gonna go be a librarian. Um, <laughs> and I said, well, sure, why not? Um, and to their credit, I think, um, they really saw something in me that um, I didn't that yet see didn't in see. myself. Yes. Um, and, and so that's really cool. Um, you know, I had worked with John um, as an undergrad um, doing work on historical preservation okay. around uh, Chapel Hill's campus. Okay. So um, I was part of a student group that has a fairly large collection of portraits of sort of founders of the university. Um, it's a fairly unique collection because it's, it's student managed uh, and, and, and was student created over the course of 200 years. And, oh, wow. Um, so I really fell in love with that, that collection and, and the history of it. Um, and in fact, I'm still involved with that student group today. Um, and, um, you know, that kind of fed into this really just general interest that I had had at the time in North Carolina history. When I was a little kid, I remember growing up, my mom's family's from the coast. We would go down to the coast and I would read these like ghost stories yes. of the North Carolina coast, you know, and all about Blackbeard and, and privateers off the coast that would attach lanterns to horses and um, tie a weight to their leg. And, and the horse would walk down the beach and it would actually, because the horse was off balance, it would look like uh, a ship's light bobbing um, uh, in the ocean. Oh. And so other ships would think that this is fair ocean to sail through and they would sail that way and eventually run aground and, and the, um, the pirates could then um, board the ship. So wow. um, that's like half ghost story, <laughs> but half real history too. Yes. Um, and that sort, of, uh, that sort of history is super interesting to me. Um, and um, so that call kind of came together. Um, I eventually 
um, worked for the Library of Congress for a little bit, um, and then went to graduate school, uh, again, at Chapel Hill, okay. um, and um, was trained to do like digital preservation type work. Okay. Um, which is um, less, less so like taking pictures of, you know, old documents, but more like how do you save a computer file for long term, right? Ah, because okay. in libraries, we think um, in terms of centuries for preservation. Wow. So okay. if, if you open a book from 1750 today, it's still a book, yes. right? And the text might be a little hard to read, but a book is a book. Yes. But try opening a computer file from 1980. Yes. It's impossible. Yes. Um, and so those sorts of questions of how do you save things digitally um, is actually a lot more volatile than, um, you know, sort of old school um, paper document preservation. Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't thought about that because it's like, what do you do? Because the technology changes. Yeah. I have discs laying around that were like, there's like, I think they're like old resumes or something on there <laughs> from college. And I'm like, I don't even know, you know, do I break these in half and throw them out? Like, I don't even know how I would get the information off of them because I don't have a device that even takes, what is that, a floppy disk? Yeah, when was the last time you used a three and a half inch floppy, yeah. right? Um, but sometimes, uh, especially in archives, um, somebody will um, either pass on or just decide that they don't want their stuff and they're okay. trying to downsize or whatever it might be. And they'll just come to us and like, hey, I have all this stuff from the 1990s. Yeah. Um, and it could be really valuable stuff depending of course on who it is and what they did or, or just you know how sort of thoughtful they were about their work. Um, and so, you know, we want to take that. We don't want to lose it okay. uh, oftentimes. So um, we keep those old floppy disk readers <laughs> around. Uh, and we keep software around that can read that sort of stuff um, and, and try to think um, long term about how do we uh, reformat files, save files, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so that's, that's what I got trained to do. And um, I, you know, I'll say that, um, I got super interested in like database design and all sorts of stuff that we're not going to talk about here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I went off on this sort of side tangent for open access and free access to um, educational materials and, and worked in scholarly communications up in Boston for a few years. And um, coming back to North Carolina was part of the plan, okay. but not this soon. Okay. Um, but when the, the position at the Robinson Spangler Carolina room opened, um, and I kind of saw it come across my desk. Um, you know, that's that's a really fantastic opportunity and okay. uh, kind of had to shoot my shot and, and I did and um, I'm really fortunate to be here. Uh, so I'm super excited about it. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you back. So speaking of the Robinson Spang Spangler Room, what is it? Why is it important? <sighs> Oh, uh, so so what is it yes. um, is a really great question. I because I've never heard of it. And when <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, so um, it is sort of the special collections and archives for Charlotte Mecklenburg Library. Um, historically, it's been housed in the main library, but um, your listeners may know, or if they don't, they're going to know soon, um, <laughs> that the main library is closed. Uh, it will be demolished uh, in the early part of next year um, and, and a new beautiful main library is going to be built on that same yes. spot. We're going to talk um, about that. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so we are um, currently, for the moment, um, all of our stuff is, is packed up in boxes. Okay. Uh, and we're working out of a temporary location 
Um, and then uh, sometime earlier, mid next year, um, we'll be in a more permanent temporary location okay. for the next four <laughs> years um, while the new main library is built and, and we'll be um, sort of more open to, to public um, service by, by appointment. But, okay. Um, so, so, you know, why would you come there, right? Yes. The, the question is, what is the room yes. and, and why do you care about that? Um, and so the Robinson Spangler Carolina room um, sort of has uh, a number of collections within it, um, and they're all special collections, which broadly writ is, um, you know, collections with a very specific scope of, of what they collect. Usually the books don't circulate, so that means you can't check out the books from uh, the Carolina room. Okay. You go there and you have to use them on site. Okay. Um, and often that's because um, they're rare. Yes. Um, so, you know, oftentimes um, we're the only place in the world that'll have a copy of a book, right? Okay. If you want to read oh, this wow. book, you have to come here. Okay. Um, and so we can't just let people take that home, unfortunately. Gotcha. <laughs> um, we can make limited copies and stuff like that. Okay. And of course, people can come and make their own copies. Um, but the books themselves have to stay. And the same is true for things like um, microfilm. Um, okay. So we have a, a large collection of newspaper microfilm, um, sort of state and, and municipal records microfilm. Okay. Um, and, and so people can come and do research based on that. Um, and then we have um, a, a really world-class genealogy collection. So um, it's... Um, as far as I know, is what I'll say, uh, the largest uh, the largest public genealogy collection in the state of North Carolina uh, outside of the state archives and, and one of the largest on the East Coast. Okay. Um, so we're a, a real hub for genealogy research. Um, and we saw, of course, a large spike in that okay. um, during the pandemic um, because people were sitting at home and, <laughs> uh, and then sort of twiddling their thumbs and going, well, gee, I wonder who my granddad's granddad was. <laughs> um, and so they start looking into it. Um, and, um, you know, they, they start um, with usually online resources like Ancestry. Um, the library has uh, Ancestry Library Edition, which um, allows access to all of Ancestry.com's content oh, wow. um, for free. Um, you just have to come to uh, a branch library okay. uh, and use it on site. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a really great resource. Yeah. Um, we have FamilySearch affiliate access, and that gives us access to um, some materials that you can't get through the free FamilySearch that um, anybody can access from their house. Um, and then we have a, a map room, um, which is maps of North Carolina, um, but with a focus on, on Charlotte okay. um, and Mecklenburg County as well. Um, uh, we have some really interesting maps in there that go back uh, a really long way. Uh, in fact, just last year, we um, were gifted a map um, from 1858 of Charlotte. Oh, wow. Um, and it was in pretty rough condition, um, but it's just a beautiful map. And um, it was in a, a lawyer's office at Parker Poe. Um, and um, they didn't need it anymore, um, and so they, they gifted it to us. And okay. you can actually see um, on the map, it has like, um, somebody has very neatly written in street names on it, ah. um, because these were streets that di just didn't have names okay. at the time. They existed, but yes. no need to name it, yeah. right? And over time, um, you can any. see people um, filling in those street names, which is really pretty cool. Um, and we've sent that out for conservation. I was gonna uh, say, are you able to kind of I don't know, restore something like that if it's in bad condition or? People are. Okay. We, um, yeah. we don't have that expertise okay. in house. 
Um, you can we, send it somewhere. We send it out, okay. yeah. So we send it out to a, a conservationist um, just outside of Greensboro, um, and their name escapes me at the moment, uh, but um, they do really fantastic work. Okay. Um, and um, so we are, we're waiting to get that back, but uh, I'm really excited for when that'll come back. Um, and then we also have an archive of uh, Mecklenburg County history, mostly. Okay. Um, and, and archival materials are basically anything that's not published. So okay. you're talking about people's um, personal papers, um, letters from um, you know individuals, civic groups. Um, we have a very large photograph collection. That's probably the gem of the collection. Okay. Um, is is um, our Charlotte Observer photographs. So we have negatives from the Charlotte Observer. Every photograph they've taken, for the most part, um, back to 1954 or 56. Okay. Um, not just the ones that made the paper. So you yeah. actually get some really interesting things some and different things angles. things that didn't make the cut. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, that is that is most of the holdings of the collection. Okay. A, a state and local history um, collection as well that's, you know, um, biographies and... Um, just books about different things that happened um, um, within the state. So um, we are constantly keeping that collection up to date with, with new materials that are published. Okay. I love that you're able to look up. You've got genealogy. You have, you can, I guess you've got the Charlotte history and probably history of sort of the different neighborhoods maybe and... Um, their development over time, or yeah. I guess maybe the conversations around that development over time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we often get questions about the history of, of different neighborhoods in mm -hmm. Charlotte, how they came, how they came to be, who used to live here, um, and and that'll come sometimes as individuals who come to us and say, you know. I just bought this really cute mill house from 1920, and I just really want to know more about it. Yeah. Um, and um, we can refer them to resources. So, um, you know, often enough, right, we'll refer people out to uh, Mecklenburg County Register of Deeds if they want to trace their deed back. Um, and um, that can kind of reveal some really interesting things mm -hmm. about a property because you can see where a property either got split up or combined or yes. something like that. Um, I know that, so for my house, um, I was tracing the deed back, um, and we live in uh, a neighborhood called Biddleville, uh, yep. which is... Um, Going through a lot of transition. Yes, and gentrification, right and, yes. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to be somebody who um, is tasked with making sure that we don't forget the history of these neighborhoods, mm -hmm. and then, you know, just, I am a part of the gentrification yeah. force, and I, you can't ignore that fact, yeah. right? Um, but you can uh, think about ways that, that you can be that force and do so in a responsible way, I yeah. guess. And so for me, um, it was interesting tracing the deed back, and you actually get to a point where you can see um, the deed restrictions in that neighborhood where um, it was an all-white neighborhood and then transitioned into uh, a predominantly black neighborhood. Okay. Um, but the deed restriction was that you couldn't sell to anybody who was black. Oh, wow. Like, it's written into the it's deed. It's written on there, um, yeah. And, and those sorts of things never go yeah. away. Um, they're I, just I had a house. unenforceable. <laughs> yes. I feel like I came across that in a house in um, Oakhurst. That I, is it Oakhurst? Oh, I think that's the neighborhood. But I had clients that bought a really old house. Mm -hmm. And looking back at the old deed. Yeah. It was like, wow, this was really in writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they made it clear as day yeah. uh, back then. So, 
Um, so, so, so those sorts of things can provide some really interesting history about individual properties. Yeah. Um, we have uh, historic building records um, on microfiche, which is basically, um, it's a little basically index card sized piece of film. Um, and they've taken a piece of paper, um, shrunk it down to index card size, and you got to put it into a machine and that blows it back up so okay. that it's human readable. Um, and we have historic building permits on those and, um, we're hoping to digitize those fairly soon so that they'd be like searchable by address or something okay. like that. Cause, um, right now it's, it's pretty um, hit or miss whether or not you can actually find something of value. You have to know basically within the, a few months um, when something was built. Okay. Otherwise, it's it's, you just can't possibly run through all of that information. Yeah. Um, so hopefully if we can digitize that and, yeah. and index it, make it searchable, that'll be valuable um, within the next uh, year or so, I think. I think you could bring up a great point of, um, you know, talking about gentrification and, you know, Biddleville does have a history. And I think it's important that we don't lose that history, the good and the bad. I think it's all necessary for us to remember and to move on from. Um, but just to have it, you know, whether it's, I don't know if they have like a neighborhood website or something like mm -hmm. that, that kind of, to your point, it kind of keeps the memory alive or, you know, keeps this, it gives it gives you the story right behind the neighborhood right um, yeah so um, and people like you and resources like you know that are available to be able to look up that information and to know that yeah I mean we we try to put together exhibits all the time um, that highlight uh, that sort of history we um, are working on an exhibit right now about the Excelsior Club, uh, which oh, is a, yeah. <laughs> a historical um, club in the area and, and really was, um, of course, a, a, a major um, social mm -hmm. um, gathering place yeah. um, for that community. Um, and, and so we're excited for, for when that, um, that exhibit goes Comes live. Together, yeah. um, we've... Um, created the, the Charlotte Neighborhood History Toolkit, um, okay. which is available. Um, you can you can just Google that. Okay. Um, and, and Charlotte, say that again? Neighborhood History Toolkit. Okay. Um, so we worked um, with Tom Hanchett, who uh, used to be at the Levine. Yes. Um, he I does think, History yes. South. Tom he, is brilliant. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he is... Um, yes. He's extremely knowledgeable about Charlotte's neighborhoods, yeah. their history, how they came to be, where, what they are today. Um, and so we worked with him on that, um, and, and we were really excited to launch that a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, so that's a place where you can really go to kind of get like a, a cheater's head start on, on like how did your neighborhood come to be Yeah. Um, and, and um, how to find out more about specific blocks or plots or something like that um, because it's... Um, you know, each little plot tells its own story, I think. Yeah, I love that. Um, I know before we um, were, you know, trying to get you scheduled, you started talking about some different apps and different resources that mm -hmm. are out there now. And so I wanted to pick your brain on some of those, like what are your favorite, I guess, new resources or apps that are available um, or if there's anything new? <laughs> um, sure. So... Um, 
oftentimes, so when somebody comes to us with, uh, hey, you know, what used to be at this address? Um, we'll, we'll often just search the Charlotte Observer. Um, okay. So we have perpetual access to the Charlotte Observer um, on the library website. Um, you just need a library card, log in, um, and you can see um, historical Charlotte Observer issues. Those are indexed, so you can do keyword searches, and we'll just put in an address and see what comes up. Um, there was a, um, a building in Uptown Charlotte um, that now houses a, a hair salon, and okay. um, they were interested in, so, you know, what was in this building before? Because it's all this like exposed brick and wood beams and all the like you know cool ambiance that, yeah. that you get from a very uh, a very um, trendy uptown place. And um, they said, well, you know, we had heard that it was a bank, um, but it doesn't really look like a bank. And I don't know those windows make it look like it might have been a stable. Um, <laughs> and so we were like, okay, well, let's two very just, different things, right? Yeah, let's go <laughs> see what we can find out, right? Um, uh, and so we, we looked at the Charlotte Observer um, and just kind of Googled the address. Yeah. Um, and it was like a, it was originally like a tinsmith shop. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure what the windows were for other than maybe like, you know, letting out heat because it would have gotten very hot. Okay. Um, and then it was like an electrician shop. Um, and then it was eventually a bank okay. um, for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like it was technically like a temporary home. Uh, for a bank that was waiting on a larger okay. uh, branch to open. Okay. Um, and then um, from there, it kind of went through like a, you know, a law office. And then uh, it's, it's today, it's that, um, um, that hair salon. Hair so um, so it's, it's kind of had a really interesting history. And we were able to go through um, and find some photographs of it uh, sort of through the decades okay. as well. Because we, we have, um, again... A really large collection of photographs, which of course include a lot of uptown, um, just because that's what's been in the area. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we can look at the facade and say, that's that building in 1930, that's that same building in 1960, that's that building <laughs> in 1987. Um, yeah. And so you can kind of see how it changes over uh, the, the years. The progression so, of it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's one example um, where we would kind of start to look. Um, and. Um, Man, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, we refer people out to Tom Hanchett's book all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we are working on some new resources um, that will hopefully come online um, within the next few years. Okay. Uh, because that sort of... Uh, As the new library opens? Yeah, so or... when we're in our new temporary space, okay. um, our <laughs> permanent temporary space for the next four years or okay. so, um, we'll be working on standing up a digitization program um, so that we can take things that are accessible only in the room okay. um, right now, um, making high-quality images of those, putting them online in a way that's that's findable, accessible. Um, we view that as as a real equity imperative okay. because, um, you know, not everybody can get to an uptown location. Yeah. Even if you can get to an uptown location, um, a lot of people we hear just often don't want to. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the people that want to use our stuff, you know, especially the genealogy stuff sometimes. I mean, we get people that call from all over the country. Yeah. And you can't expect someone to fly from Texas to um, spend a few hours in, in, the, in the room. So, yeah. um, but uh, we, we view that as a real equity imperative to, to sort of lower the barriers um, to, to accessing that kind of that information. information. That's the beautiful thing about, you know, technology has its, its pros and its cons. Yes. But what it does, you know, for making things 
all sorts of information accessible is amazing. Um, so let's talk about these renovations that are going sure. on. Yeah. Tell me, tell us more. What are you excited about? I was looking at the photos, um, the design yeah. online, and yeah. I'm like, that thing will be beautiful. Um, almost looks like a museum. Like, yeah, it's 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 a really beautiful library yeah. um, that they have designed. Uh, the um, the primary firm is a architectural firm called Snowheda, um, and they're sort of well known all over the world okay. for um, they're just really um, beautiful um, sort of public spaces. So that mm -hmm. includes libraries, it includes like opera houses and museums. Okay. Um, as you mentioned, uh, that sort of design um, they're they're really well known for. Okay. Um, so um, we're really fortunate to have them working on this. Um, it's it's a very cool structure. There's a lot of glass. Um, and it kind of rises out um, of the um, of the block there. It's designed to sort of mimic um, the topography of Charlotte itself, which actually sits on a ridge line and, and rises itself. Okay. So, um, small aside, right? Why why does Charlotte call it uptown and not downtown? Yes. Um, Do you know why? Oh yeah. I've lived here like thirty something years, and I don't have a clue. So okay, so so it's called uptown because it is one of the highest points. Uh, in the county, right? Okay. Uh, you you cannot get to uptown without going uphill, basically. Ah, um, okay. And so um, that's like historically, people would have gone up to town, right? When it was a far more rural place. Yes. Um, and we see the first mentions of it being called uptown in the Charlotte Observer in like 1888 or something like that. So, okay. I mean, it, it, it has historically it's been uptown. uptown. Um, and then... Um, throughout the 20th century, you saw sort of downtown um, start to compete with with the phrase uptown. Yes. It's like a you know what do we call this place? And and uh, as Charlotte grew and more people came from places that had downtowns, um, downtown came to be um, uh, far more commonly known. Um, and then there was this sort of um, um, conscientious um, effort to like go back to calling it uptown. And yeah. now you see a lot of competition between those two phrases and, <laughs> and people have their opinions on them and, and I'll keep mine quiet. But, um, but the idea is that, uh, you know, the, the city, the core of the city really does sit uh, at the top of a ridge line there. Yeah. Um, and the building is meant to, to mimic that. Okay. Um, and by the time, um, you sort of get up to the, the third, fourth, fifth floors, um, it's got these like very large glass, uh, fronts. So there will be a lot of natural light, um, it's meant to be a very open space. Yes. Um, a lot of the space on that in that building will be um, customer or patron um, centric space. Okay. So, um, in the in the current building that just closed, um, you know, there's a lot of space given over to sort of administrative functions. So, yeah. Um, finance and HR and and all of that, which is really important. We need to make sure our bills are paid. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, a lot of that will be moving. Um, to a different building offsite okay. um, that's being uh, in the in the last stages of being built right now okay. uh, or renovated, and um, the new main library will have just a lot more um, public facing space. Yeah. Um, so um, it'll be a lot more open. Um, it will be um, it will work with Spirit Square and the Mogollon Theater yes, specifically. I, I saw guess. that. That was exciting. Um, to to kind of be a lobby for that. Yeah. Um, is is uh, my understanding. So like they're trying to, I guess, somewhat integrate the two um, 
I love how they're really trying, I think trying to make it more of a community space or make yep. it more than just come here if you want to read a book. It's like, come here just to hang out. Come yeah. here, yeah. you know, make, I don't know how to describe it, but make use of this space as more than just a library. Yeah, it, it, it's a place to be. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and a place just be. It's just I be. Like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that's true of public libraries as a whole. Um, but this will, you know, this is very different because yeah. um, you know the design is like more open. There's something about it that's more open that kind of invites you mm -hmm. to come in and hang out. Yeah, and and to showcase uh, the services that the library provides. Yeah. Um, which many people don't realize is more than just going and checking out a book, right? Yes, I'm going to um, ask you about that too. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I won't get ahead of you, but, um, you know, I think, um, and I don't want to speak in too much detail about what the new main library will or won't have because yeah. those things are still being kind of finalized and, and I, I don't want to uh, speak out of turn um, or above my pay grade, but <laughs> um, I, I think there will be a lot of opportunity for people to to come and just be yeah. um, because public libraries are really one of the last spaces where um, you can come and do work or, or just be without yeah. any expectation yes. of, um, of buying something or, or, you know, in some way doing anything other than what it is you need to do. Yeah. So. Um, I love that. So what can you tell us about the library that people don't know? And what are they missing out on by not going? Because I feel like for me, I grew up the library was part of my childhood. Like yeah. that's what I remember my mom taking me to the library. It wasn't like sitting and playing video games then. It was, you know, we're gonna take you to the library. Like that's what we're gonna do for fun today. And you're gonna pick a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. you're gonna read. And I loved it was like this place of awe and wonder just because of all the rows of books and you could just take your imagination and wherever you wanted to go with it there was a book yeah for it or if you wanted to research a paper or whatever but there was just there was so much that the library had or it was such a part of life that I feel like is missing today yeah um yeah it's really unfortunate I think um Today, libraries kind of have a rap as, as being um, a building full of books. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's really not what they are. I mean, they are a building full of books. But, um, <laughs> you know, they, they really do so much more than that. So yes. um, Charlotte Mecklenburg Public Library, um, as a whole, we have a job help center, um, which, um, as the name sort of implies, is really focused on helping people um, with job placement. Um, with, with training or retraining um, for new careers and stuff like that. Um, and so um, that does, the people there do, do really great work. Um, I can't remember, we like, we give something like, I don't know, many thousands of programs. I really shouldn't know the number. Um, many thousands <laughs> of programs every year, right? A whole lot. Yeah, um, and um, you know, those, those range from everything from book clubs, as you would imagine, yes. um, to like language, uh, study to, uh, after school homework help, um, to, um, you know, my group, the Robinson Spangler Carolina room, we often will give programs on, you know, 
history, things related to history, yeah. right? So we've got, you know, programs on pirates and programs on, <laughs> um, you know, an old school textile baseball team um, here in Charlotte. Um, we are putting together a program on uh, the origins of NASCAR oh, um, wow. because we, we really haven't explored that. And, and um, just how did Charlotte wind up getting that massive NASCAR Hall of Fame yeah. um, and, and the Coca-Cola um, 600, which is at the Charlotte Motor Speedway and, yeah. and all of that. So, um, you know, those sorts of things are, are um, um, programs that we're putting together. Um, we, within the, the Carolina Room specifically, um, are really exploring how we can use digital tools to um, make history kind of come alive in more interesting ways. Okay. So, um, we subscribe to this, um, this archive of, um, history. Um, it's a, it's a, an archive of oral histories from, uh, prominent, um, black citizens called history makers. Okay. Um, and, um, every one of these oral histories is, is, is a couple of hours in length, right? So okay. like you really got to be in to sit down and watch one of them. But, you know, it's, it's all sorts of people um, from, you know, Hank Aaron to Maya Angelou. So like they've got heavy hitters in yeah. there all the way to um, like Jean Brayboy and, and uh, B.B. Delane, who were um, civil rights workers okay. just here in Charlotte. And they actually work for Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. Okay. Um, and the amount of work that they did for that um, is, is just astounding. So um, we've gone through, um, and if you use Google Maps, um, to kind of map everywhere um, that somebody mentions um, in that entire archive, Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and where specifically they're mentioning. So oh, wow. somebody will say like, um, you know, yeah, you know, I grew up in Charlotte, but we moved when I was four and we, we lived in um, such and such apartments, right? Okay. Um, and we'll go and we'll say, well, those apartments don't exist anymore, yeah. but that's basically a block off of what is now Camp North End. Okay. So we'll just put the pin there, right? Okay. Um, and you can kind of see just um, what a what an important part of history Charlotte was. And people, um, I think, again, Charlotte gets a rap as, as not having a lot of history, but yeah. that's, just, that's just really untrue. Um, and it's unfortunate that it has that, that reputation because... Um, man, a lot of really interesting stuff has happened here. Um, we have had, um, so, uh, one of the, the more interesting things I found when I was doing this is, um, Christine Darden, um, was born in Monroe, which is, you know, not technically Charlotte, but we're going to call it close <laughs> it enough. Touches. It's Charlotte, Charlotte yes. Metro, yes. right? Um, <laughs> so she was born in Monroe, right? Um, and she was, a, she was, um, a hidden figure. So, okay. um, if you know the, the movie Hidden Figures, yeah. Um, she was not in the movie, but she was in the book, right? Okay. And so she wound up um, working for NASA and, and running uh, their aerospace engineering program. Oh, wow. Um, and she was born right, right close by in Monroe. Um, obviously, um, you know, some really other interesting people um, are in there. And, and um, in this mapping, you really see, like, just what a hotbed of activity Johnson C. Smith was at... at um, a certain time mm -hmm. of the 20th century. Um, and, and to me, that was just really enlightening because, I mean, you, you kind of know, but you don't know until yeah. you see it mapped Until you like see that. the numbers or yeah. the, yeah, yeah. the data so come from it. That's really cool to me. So um, libraries are always innovating and, and they tend to be at, at the forefront of technology. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we don't think about right. when we think about a library. Right. Um, we don't think that they're on the forefront of technology, but... 
if you go, you will learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, all these things are happening. Yeah, um, we we really don't rest on our laurels. There are no laurels to rest on yeah. uh, in a library. You, you've always got to be thinking about how can you shift and move to serve people where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and where people are is always changing. Yeah. Um, so you you have to be able to, to change with that. Um, you can also, I'll just put this small plug here, right? Okay. Um, you can rent a book from the library without ever leaving your house. Um, the library does have eBooks. Okay. Um, if you have a library card, which you can get an e-library card on the website, um, you can go and look up books, and um, if if we have an ebook version of it, um, you can download it onto your phone or iPad or laptop or whatever it is you want to use to read that. And um, that's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's free. Yeah, so, that's so um, you know, don't Compared buy things on Kindle, right? Yes. Um, just yeah. uh, go ahead and rent it from the library. That's something I forget about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I need. I have a library card. I need to like go in there and log in and check that out instead of paying for all those eBooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's really cool, you know. Um, we can also get li- we can get books from other libraries. So okay, um, we have something called interlibrary loan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, it, it costs a couple of bucks. Um, just because you know you've got to ship it, you have to ship it, yeah. um, and so um, we have to pass that on um, to uh, customers because um, we, we spend all of our money otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, but you know if, if we don't have a book, um, we can usually get it from another library for a, a really small fee. Okay. Um, and and usually people for whatever reason you know I want to read this book. Yeah. Um, we can we can usually accommodate that. Can find it. Now, do you take um, donations? Like, is do people? Is that how the library acquires? I guess a lot of their resources, or uh, is it a combination of purchasing and donation? And um, like, do you all like donations for people? <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. So, so like, I deal with people moving, and right. the worst thing to move is a box of books. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the library will take donations of books okay. um, for sure. Um, if it's you know something that we want in our collection, it'll yeah. go up on the shelf. Um, if for whatever reason we can't use it in our collection, um, it'll go to one of our partners, um, which will be like a used bookstore. Okay. Um, and and That's they'll good. sell it to somebody who who wants it. Yeah. Um, and we um, I think we get um, some part some part of the sales price, okay. but That's good. Um, that does help. Um, the library buy books for its general collection um, because there are new books always being written. Um, We always want to have the the most um, popular books. Yeah, I mean, we want to be able to provide the books that people want. Um, And and that's that's the best sellers. Um, That's the new things that are being published. Um, The Robinson Spangler Carolina Room is um, a little bit different from the general collection because when we buy a book, um, it basically doesn't come off of our shelves okay. um, unless it's, I mean, just in t- terrible condition. Yeah. Um, but we will do just about everything we can to save a book from coming off of our shelves. Okay. Um, again, um, we're different because we have that special focus on, um, again, North Carolina yes. um, and local history um, and then genealogy. genealogy. And so we're kind of building a collection that is everything you could possibly want to know about these okay. um, to the extent that we can. So we keep things because... Um, you know, we might have four or five books on the same topic or sometimes many, many more. Um, but you know, everybody's 
frame is different. Okay. Um, and so it's valuable to us to have those many different frames. Yeah. Um, and people do research and they highlight different things. And um, so if somebody's coming in and wanting to learn about, um, you know, the, um, you know, who knows, um, the history of uh, how did Charlotte become named Charlotte, yeah. right? Um, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, dozens of books on, on the history of just like basic Charlotte history. Okay. Um, and, and we keep those, um, as basically as long as we can. Um, we, um, so that's, that's sort of donations. Um, we also have a foundation that accepts monetary donations that as well. I was going to ask you, um, how can we support? <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a foundation that, that accepts monetary donations. Um, they are running a, a large campaign right now to pay for that new main library. Okay. Um, that looks, um, so cool. Um, and, and so I would definitely encourage, um, everybody to, to donate to that. Is there a um, website or something? Is that on the, um, it's cmlibrary.org. Okay. Um, and, uh, there's, I'm sure there's a link. Um, the, the name of the campaign is common spark campaign. Okay. Um, and, uh, we've had a lot of great support from the community. Um, I think bank of America, um, just gave a, a large donation of around a million dollars, um, to it. Um, town brewing, um, okay. up in, um, uh, sort of, um, Moorhead, um, put out a, uh, a beer called common spark and the profits from that go to we'll the library. To, okay. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ways you can support your <laughs> library. Some of them more fun than others, but, um, but, um, you know, it, the foundation certainly takes uh, monetary donations. Okay. Um, from the Carolina Room specifically, we, of course, take donations. That's how we get a lot of our archival materials. Okay. Um, these are things sitting in people's attics. I was going right? to say, estate sale? Um, like when people are clearing out homes? Yeah. Or, you know, after someone's passed away, yeah. maybe there's something in there that might be of benefit. Yeah, we, so, we often get that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, um, you know, grandparents or parents yeah. who had, uh, photo albums or, um, you know, we've gotten business ledgers from, um, a couple shuffle town businesses, which were really interesting to look yeah. at. Um, and so, um, you know, those sorts of donations we're, we're happy to, to consider. Um, we'll work with neighborhood associations. Um, they'll sometimes kind of put out a call, um, for, for donations and, um, you know, usually we ask that people uh, email us first, just kind of saying, this is this is what I want to donate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because we can kind of say, well, we already have like 20 copies of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we don't need it. Or, um, you know, sometimes um, things just, we don't have the space for something. Okay. Um, you know, we um, we can't take everything. Um, yeah. And, and um, the unfortunate reality for, for archives is that, um, you know, if we have multiple copies of something, then, um, you know, we, we often only need one or two, yeah. um, two usually just to be redundant, um, yeah. in case just in something case. happens. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, librarians and archivists are very risk averse people. Yes. Uh, so, um, so yeah, but, uh, if we have multiple copies of something, um, you know, we just like to know what's, what's going to come in yeah. in the first place. So, okay. um, yeah, uh, feel free to email us or call beforehand and, and we'll walk you through the process. That's awesome. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. This has been so educational and I'm excited about the new library and I'm excited to see the new improved 
what is it, Robinson Spangler Carolina room? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we will be most of the fourth floor in okay. the new main library. So I'm very excited for that and for what that means um, for uh, researchers in the future and the public and uh, everybody's ability to access that. Yeah, so. that's fantastic. Thank you so much. This was another episode of Real Charlotte Living. Um, don't forget to subscribe. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely get out to your local library. The main library is undergoing renovation, so it'll be about four years, they said, before completion. Um, but you may have one that's closer than the uptown. But I recommend that you get out there, check out your library. Hey, go on and download a free ebook. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and give to the campaign. I'm sure they would love your donations as well. So until next week, thanks again. It's Real Charlotte Living. This is Camila Peebles, and I'll talk to you next week.